Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Dave from Chase to Summit. Today we've got a, a bit of a, a bit of a news episode, sort of a week in review kind of thing, and this is kind of going back to the heart of what I thought this podcast would be when I first started it. So when I first started this podcast, I thought I would just kind of do a weekly roundup of all the things that have happened in the week of like fitness tech and wearables and GPS watches and all things like that. And then quickly, I've realized that not every week is epic when it comes to that kind of news. So then I started talking about my training and then that led into my racing and yeah. So now I just talk about whatever I care about on a weekly basis. And uh, yeah, so apologies, apologies for that. And thanks for coming along for the ride. Before we get into this episode, I do want to give a quick shout out to the YouTube members and Patreon members that help support me. They toss me a couple of bucks every month and it's hugely appreciated. And if you want to help support me, you can visit the link at the bottom of the show notes that says support this show. That would be great. Uh, And if you do support the show, you do get a free sticker that I mail out to every Patreon member. Uh, Unfortunately, not YouTube members because I don't get your address through YouTube. That's the only reason why. Uh, Another thing I want to give a shout out to is the merch store. If you haven't yet, check it out. ChaseTheSummit.com slash shop. And uh, I've got a 5% off discount going on right now for the summer. I wish it it was a bigger discount, but I I pay a lot for my merch, unfortunately. So a little bit of a discount. And uh, check out the CTS Ridgeline trucker hat, which I've got plenty of stock of. I love the hat. I wear it all the time. Uh, Another shout out to Liquid IV, who helps support this podcast. Um, Check out liquidiv.com. And use the code Chase the Summit, all one word, at checkout for 30% off your first order. That's a huge discount. And the final shout out is going to be to Path Projects, who I've uh, sort of partnered up with to create the Path Projects collab t-shirt, which is an awesome running shirt with uh, the Chase the Summit logo on the front that's reflective, glows and you know headlights and things like that. Check out the link in the show notes for that as well. Like I said, I'm kind of going back to the roots of this podcast, and this is going to be sort of a weekend review where I talk all things about, you know, life updates, what's going on with me, what's coming to the YouTube channel, training, and of course, fitness tech news, which I will be covering today as well, because a lot has actually happened since the last time I covered fitness tech. So we're going to be doing that today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking a moment of your day to hang out with me on your on your run or in your car or wherever you're listening to your podcast. And on that note, maybe go ahead and give me a five-star rating or a thumbs up or whatever you do on your podcast platform platform of choice, including hitting that follow or subscribe button because that helps this podcast grow. And I would appreciate that. It's kind of crazy to see the numbers of this podcast, not to toot my own horn at all, but uh, it is weird to me that anyone actually listens to me ramble on this. Um, but it turns out there are several, several thousand people that, uh, want to hear me ramble. So, uh, thanks for that. It really means a lot to me. And, you know, honestly, I enjoy, I really enjoy the podcast. It's, uh, a nice outlet for me to just kind of talk about whatever I want. And I don't really have to worry about, you know, thumbnails or views or whatever that, you know, the YouTube stuff here is just a place for me to kind of ramble and for whoever to listen in. And if you're here, it is completely voluntary. Uh, So quickly, I want to talk uh, about life 
life with me, what's going on. There's a lot. So I don't know if you follow along past episodes or on YouTube. The family and I have recently moved out of our house. We are temporarily temporarily living uh, with my in-laws, my wife's parents. Uh, my wife and I are kind of s- squatting in the basement while our kids take up a couple of the bedrooms. So right now we've got four adults. We've got four kids. We've got two dogs all under one roof. And it's been kind of bananas, kind of crazy, um, especially the the transition of getting out of the old house, getting into, um, you know, moving everything into storage and then moving temporarily into this house where I'm actually recording this podcast right now. And hopefully no one can hear me because it would be super embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> so the reason why we're staying here temporarily is because uh, we're actually building a new house in our hometown. Uh, so it won't be ready for several months. And so now we have to stay here for, for a while, which it's been, it's been good. I mean, it's best case scenario. I make it sound bad the way I, you know, lots of people under one roof, but it's the best case scenario that we could come up with. And as a silver lining, it turns out I've been running a lot around, um, my wife's parents' neighborhoods and, a, they've got a great neighborhood for running. It's kind of like a grid where I can just run for miles and not have to hit a main road. And B, uh, I actually found a trail network that is literally under a mile away from the front door. And once you're in the trails there, there's a bunch of hills, there's a good amount of vert. And the best part is it goes on forever. I mean, they're like, I think it's mountain bike trails. They're all well-maintained. Um, they've got trail markers and color coded and everything and they go on forever. Like I, I ran 10 miles in there the other day and didn't backtrack, backtrack at all. Didn't retrace my steps, all new trails. The only downside to them, um, is that there's a lot of bugs in there. I was getting eaten alive with deer flies and mosquitoes and, uh, I had a couple of ticks on me. So every time I go back now, I've been loading up on the, uh, the DEET, you know, the, the bug spray around my ankles, make sure I, I don't bring any, any ticks home, but it's been really nice to have a beautiful trail network right outside my front door. I've been pretty, pretty darn stoked about that. Uh, another thing I want to cover right before we get into the news is just talk about the Vermont 100 a little bit. I'm not going to go into great detail. If you want to learn more about Vermont, check out the YouTube videos I made, check out the past two podcasts, because I cover my experience at this year's Vermont 100 in great detail. So I'm not going to hammer that any more than I've already done. However, I do want to quickly talk about recovery, because it's been two weeks since the race. Um, It's currently, today's August 1st, I actually had to check my watch for that. And um. I'm surprised, honestly. My training wasn't great going into Vermont, but recovery has been really good. I feel just about back to normal. This past week, I hit 40 miles, uh, mainly on trails, and, you know, feel pretty good. I think I'm a little, I'm, I've overdone it a little bit because my calves and knees and stuff are just sore, uh, but generally, I, I don't think I'm facing injury or or anything like that. It's been uh, the old dad bods kind of holding it together pretty good. So I've been pretty happy with my recovery so far. And, um, you know, I was kind of expecting after Vermont to be totally wrecked until 
August um, for you know a couple of weeks at least. But I've been running again, and it's been been great. So um, I don't know what it is about this race, but I really lucked out with recovery as well. I get a knock on some wood before uh, you know I'm a, I'm gonna record this podcast and go to like uh, walk up the stairs and trip and hurt myself now that I've tooted my horn about recovery. But you know I'm just I'm happy that you know the body's kind of holding it together for me and not. Uh, totally a wreck after that race. So quick update on that. And I'll actually have a whole video coming to YouTube about race recovery and what it's been like and stuff like that. So if you want to catch up on that, check out the YouTube channel for more content on that. Um, What else do we going to talk about today? Oh, I have a note here. I, I go through my podcast notes and my next note is to talk about my feet because <laughs> that's that's exactly what you came here here for, right? So fun, fun little learning experience. I've been reviewing a lot of shoes lately. So I've right now, right next to me, I have a whole pile of shoes and I've been actively running in the Ultra Olympus 5, the Ultra Mont Blanc, the Hoka Tecton X, the Hoka Bondi 8, and the Ultra Vanish Carbon. Sorry, that's a lot of shoes, but I'm trying to get mileage on all of them. So I've been kind of rotating through all these different shoes to form reviews on them. And they're all, you know, spoiler alert, they're all pretty amazing shoes for for different reasons. Um, And of course, they've all got pros and cons. But one thing I learned while reviewing these shoes is Ultra actually sent me um, a size 11 in one of these shoes. And I'm typically, I for the past you know, five years, I've worn a 10 and a half men's 10 and a half. Uh, that's us sizing, obviously. Um, but I, I always ended up like if I ran a long race, I felt like I would bruise my toes pretty easily, end up with the, the dreaded black toe toenails here and there, but not too bad. Like it was never super concerning. It was kind of just the norm. Um, but after I got this larger pair of shoes that was accidentally sent to me, um, it turns out I really like running in a size 11. So I think I've been wearing the wrong size shoes for like years. And, or maybe, you know, the alternative is after years of running thousands of miles um, that my feet have grown a little bit, which is totally that it, that it does actually happen. Uh, so one thing or uh, one way or another, I think from now on, I'm going to start ordering um, size 11 shoes because my toes just feel like they have so much more room and the shoe doesn't feel overly big or clunky or anything. I've just been really happy with it. So kind of an interesting revelation, uh, in the footwear department. I I definitely wasn't expecting that. I thought I had my shoe sizing dialed in, but I stand corrected. I am an idiot. (laughs) So, so that's just something I wanted to throw out there. If you've been running the same pair of shoes for a long time or the same size, maybe it might be worth checking out other sizes because we do change over time. Feet do grow. And I'm, you know, living proof of that. I was kind of surprised um, by how much better the size 11s fit for me, which is unfortunate because I do have like 20 pairs of shoes that are all size 10, 10 and a half. Um, You know, I'll still run in them, but I think moving forward for all new things, I'm going to size up a little bit. Fun fact. I don't know if you care about this stuff, but 
like I said before, this is my podcast and I'm going to talk about whatever the heck I want to. <laughs> um, so that is, you know, just quick notes. Uh, in terms of training, we are uh, two weeks out from Vermont, like I said. So I'm not really, I'm not really training for anything anymore. I'm not, I mean, I've got some plans. So in August and um, September, I've got some personal plans to do some like mountain trips and solo adventures. Uh, but I don't have any races on the calendar except for one in September. That's a local 50 K. Uh, it's actually my wife's first ultra marathon. She signed up with her friend. So I also signed up because I thought it would be fun to uh, maybe share some miles with them as they attempt their first 50 K, which I am excited for. I hope she gets hooked. It'd be cool to, uh, you know, you know, sign up for races together or see her, you know, kind of progress through ultra running. But, uh, I'm hopeful. We'll see, you know, uh, on the other hand, if she became an ultra runner, that would make things strategic planning pretty difficult. If we're both trying to put races on the calendar and we've got kids, uh, so it could go, it could go either way. It could be good or bad for time management. I don't know. Okay. Uh, moving into the news, 14 minutes of me rambling. The first news topic I want to talk about is uh, about Garmin. So if you've been following along with Garmin new releases, they've released the Garmin Foreigner 955 and Foreigner 255. If you haven't seen them yet, head over to YouTube where I've got two separate videos and follow-up videos all about these watches. I've cov covered a lot of details about these and I actually wore the 955 um, during my last race for a hundred miles. And I've got a whole video about that as well, but I digress. One big new feature that came out on these two new watches was something called HRV status. Now HRV status is, um, kind of a summary of your heart rate variability over the past seven days. And the watch tracks your HRV 24 hours a day, and then gives you a status, whether it be balanced or unbalanced, where it can show the instabilities of your HRV. Now, instable, unstable HRV could be a, a indication of a variety of things. It could mean you're overtrained. It could be you're getting sick. It could be that your your alcohol consumption's been too high. Uh, your diet's been really poor. It can mean a lot of things. And HRV is a very useful tool. Um, and a lot of brands have adopted this, like the Whoop Band or Aura Ring, uh, as, as sort of like a daily wellness thing. So now Garmin adopted it as well and put it as a widget on these two new watches. And the news here isn't about the 955 or 255. That's old news. The news is that Garmin has actually taken the HRV status function and ported it back to the Garmin Phoenix 6 and the Instinct 2. What's interesting about this is that the Phoenix 6 is like three years old now and Garmin is notorious for not... Um, porting back new features to old hardware. Three years isn't old by any stretch of the imagination, but when, when we're talking about tech, like if you look at a three-year-old iPhone, you'd probably call that an old phone, right? So that the same applies for GPS and wearables. Unfortunately, the Garmin Phoenix 6 is getting a little bit long in the tooth. So I was really surprised that Garmin did this. They are really, they're known for um, they don't let their old hardware die per se. They're not going to like obsolete it and not allow it to work anymore, but they're not going to add new stuff to it. Any firmware updates typically that these would get 
would be maintenance or, or fixing something just to keep it running smoothly with Garmin Connect. But this update that's coming to the Phoenix 6 will actually be adding HRV status to this older hardware, which I think is a really good move by Garmin. Keep in mind, this is the this is only the HRV status function. This is not um, like the training readiness or, or any of that other stuff. It is simply the HRV status function. Um, so you're not getting all the new features from the 955 and 255. You're just getting HRV status, which makes sense because if they gave you everything, then why would you buy a new watch, right? <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, on the other hand, we could look at someone like Koros who just every time a new feature comes out, they put it on everything, which I like a lot as a consumer. Uh, but I do understand why Garmin doesn't do that because it would cannibalize some of their sales. Um, now, of course, the Phoenix 6 is getting this, which is great. Um, but of course, the Phoenix 7 and all of the newer watches will also get this as well. Uh, and a nice bonus here, like I mentioned before, is that the Instinct 2 and Instinct 2 Solar 2 and 2S are also both getting this. Um, and the HRV status function is already available in beta. So you can actually go on Garmin's website and download it and install it to your watch right now, which is pretty darn cool. So that's my first bit of news today. Apologies in the background. My phone is buzzing like crazy. I'm going to mute that real quick. This is a really professional podcast, if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, so uh, moving on to the next piece of news, I'm going to talk about the Cospet M1. What is it? Uh, yeah, the Cospet Tank and M1. This is a really uh, novel, novel is the right word here. It's a unique device. So this is a watch, a GPS watch that I, I saw come up on a few different websites. Um, it's a, you know, inexpensive, uh, you know, kind of knockoff of other watches. I won't say which ones, but the Cospet Tank M1 Pro has a square design, a 1.72 inch uh, LCD display. It's got music controls on board. And it kind of reminds me of Amazfit products. If you've seen like the Amazfit T-Rex 2 or the BIP, uh, the BIP 3 Pro, uh, which are inexpensive devices that are sort of feature packed. But one thing that stood out about this new Cospet Tank M1 Pro, that's a long name, is that it also supports uh, 50 days of battery life. 50 days, which is kind of bananas for... Uh, a watch like this. And the, the other interesting thing is that this comes in at $59. Uh, now the Cospet Tank M1 Pro is a full-blown GPS watch with an optical heart rate sensor, SPO2 sensor, uh, pairs with your smartphone with the Cospet app to collect your wellness data and sleep data and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it all comes in at $59. So I'm going to be getting one of these to review on the channel. Um, it's brand new. They haven't sent me one yet, but I will be certainly getting one to see if it's worth uh, that in very low price tag. If it actually works uh, as advertised, I'd be pretty surprised if it did because that's very cheap. I've, I have tested out a Cospet watch before, which was called the Optimus 2. And it was sort of a um, gag, not a gag, but sort of a really uh, different kind of watch because it had a uh, 4G chip built in for cellular calls and it actually had a camera built in. I made a whole video about this, like kind of an unboxing. Um, so that was the only 
cost pet thing I've tried before, but I found it interesting that they're coming out with this Tank M1 Pro. So stay tuned for a video on that. On the topic of off-brand watches, let's talk TicWatch Pro. So the TicWatch Pro 3 and Pro 3 Ultra and TicWatch E3 are all watches I've made videos about and tested out in great detail. I've worn all of them uh, quite a bit. Now they've got a new one coming out. If you're not aware of uh, TicWatch of what they do, they, their real uniqueness is that on the, the TicWatch Pro 3 and Pro 3 Ultra, they use a dual layer display. So on the bottom, you get this really nice uh, AMOLED touchscreen, bright, vibrant colors, everything you expect from an AMOLED watch. But then on top, there is a very low power consumption um, LCD display that's transflective, kind of like a Garmin or a Coros or whatever. So you get kind of the best of both worlds. You get you get the really low power consumption of the LCD MIP display, and then you've got the beautiful, bright, vibrant colors of an OLED display all in one watch. And the watch will actually switch between the two depending on the situation. So when the, when the AMOLED times out and the, the, the AMOLED turns off, the uh, MIP display shines through so you can always tell the time at a glance. It's always on where the OLED display just turns on and off when you need it. So really interesting design. Um, I really like them, but they've always had some weird quirks about them, uh, namely that they run Google Wear OS, which is still, in, you know, still needs development in my opinion. But this new TicWatch, uh, this is all rumors, by the way. I found these rumors over on the XDA forums, I think. Uh, so the TicWatch Pro 4 is rumored to have a new Snapdragon W5 Plus processor, which will provide more battery life and uh, faster clock speeds. So you're going to get the best of both worlds. Uh, the watch will feel snappier and it should last longer, which is pretty good considering the TicWatch Pro 3, the older one, already had pretty good battery life. You could get like four days out of that if you were conservative. Uh, this new TicWatch Pro 4 is also supposed to be thinner and it's going to be running Google's Wear OS 3, which is their newer version of Wear OS, uh, which is a lot better in terms of power consumption, features, and being future-proof. And another indication that this is real, and not just a rumor, is that the TicWatch Pro 3, which is the older model, has been marked down to $200 on Amazon. I think it's been floating around between $200 and... Um, 200 bucks and like 225 bucks on Amazon, which is a pretty good deal for that watch. So if you're interested in it, I would have, uh, I would be grabbing that now. Um, I'll also link the TicWatch Pro 3 in the show notes if you want to jump over there to check it out. So I found that pretty interesting. Again, this is all a rumor. Uh, no evidence that this is real. I don't know anything. They don't tell me anything. Just something worth noting. All right, next up we've got... I'm a little late to the game on this one. Uh, the Garmin HRM Pro Plus. This was released three weeks ago, and Garmin did actually send me one. I've got it sitting next to me in a box right now. Um, I, I took it out and I tried it a couple times, but I gotta tell you, I gotta be honest here. The real benefit of the new Garmin HRM Pro, Pro Plus is the battery door. Um, if you're familiar with the Garmin HRM Pro, it's a chest-based ECG heart rate sensor that you wear with an elastic sort of band around your chest. 
It's got a couple of electrodes on it and it picks up your heart rate. It also provides some advanced running metrics like running power, ground contact time, balance, vertical oscillation, all those fun metrics that no one really knows how to use. <laughs> maybe maybe some do, but not me. Um, I know how to use running power. That's about it. Uh, so Garmin has updated the HRM Pro and they called it the HRM Pro Plus. And instead of being neon green, it's now white. And the major difference here is the HRM Pro Plus uh, provides indoor pace and distance on a treadmill, which is pretty cool uh, where the older one didn't do that. However, this will be added to the old one via a firmware update. So you'll have the same features on both watches. I mean, not watches, uh, heart rate sensors. Uh, so I found that interesting. So like I said before, the major update here is that there's a new battery door. If you have a Garmin HRM Pro, the older model, you know the struggle is real here. Uh, to swap the battery out on that thing is a pain in the butt. There's like a rubber cap you have to peel off. Then you have to take out four tiny screws, uh, remove the coin cell battery. It's like a CR2023 type thing. And then replace the battery, put the cap back on. And then when you put the screws back in, you have to make sure that you evenly tighten each screw because if you do them unevenly, like if you crank down the top right and then try to tighten one of the other ones, you end up with a seal that isn't really good, like a bad seal around the perimeter of that cap. So if you get wet, if it's raining, you're sweating heavily, or even if you try to go swimming with it, you end up with uh, water getting to the battery compartment and eventually burning out the device, making it useless. Um, now, you know, it wasn't the end of the world because the battery lasts so long. You get like a year of use out of the battery before you have to swap it. But I think Garmin realized the headache that the consumer had every time they wanted to replace it. So on the Garmin HRM Pro Plus, even though the features are the same, basically uh, the HRM Pro Plus gets a new battery door. It's, it's similar. So you still have to peel off the rubber kind of gasket around the outside. But once you do that, there's a little door that you simply rotate with your fingers. It pops out and then the battery comes out. There's no tools required. There's no screws. Uh, it's a much simpler device. However, I do think there's an issue with the HRM Pro Plus in some countries because of the battery inside uh, in children. I think in Europe, um, it's a problem where any device that has a small battery in it needs to have some sort of screw to prevent children from getting in um, and, you know, putting in their mouth or whatever. So I don't know if Garmin's actually selling this in Europe or not, or they found a way around this. Uh, all I know is that it's much better. <laughs> design is much better. And here in America, you can buy one for about $129. Um, I will have a, I'll have a video about this soon. I feel bad. I never posted a video, uh, but it's, I've been so busy lately and Honestly, this just kind of fell to the bottom of my list, uh, even though it is a welcome upgrade to an already really good heart rate sensor. So 129 bucks, it's available now. Check out the links in the show notes uh, to grab one at playbetter.com. And if you use uh, code CTS at checkout at Playbetter, you can get a free sticker included with your HRM Pro Plus. So check it out. All right, moving into the next topic, we've got some news from Aura Ring. First of all, this is kind of interesting. So Aura, if you're unaware, is a, a ring. You wear like a wedding band, but inside of it, it's got a bunch of sensors. And it's a really interesting device. It provides daily wellness data without needing to wear a watch or any sort of other sensors. It just kind of goes on your finger. You kind of forget it's there. 
I have a whole video about it. If you haven't seen it yet, check out the show notes down below to watch the full review. I had mixed feelings about it, pros and cons. I do like it. I think it's a pretty interesting device, um, but they just added a bunch of features to it. So when the Oura Ring Gen 3 first came out, they promised all this new, all these features that just weren't available yet. And they said, coming soon, which I hate. I hate when their you know, company says, they make false promises basically, and then tell you that it will come in a firmware update down the road. Well, Aura did that as well. However, they actually delivered on their promises. Um, so the first addition to Aura is that they've integrated with Strava. And this is kind of interesting. At first, I thought it meant you could run with your Aura ring using the app to track a run or something like that, and then sync that run to Strava. But it's actually the opposite. Basically, if you have a Garmin watch or any watch or even just your phone and you go out and run, uh, go out and run with your, your, you know, recording to Strava, sync that run to Strava, that run will now be represented in Aura as well. So all of your activity in Strava will have an effect on your Aura metrics. That means your readiness score and your sleep data and everything will have an effect by activities done in Strava. And that's kind of a big deal because before, the only way to track activities in Aura was to manually um, you know, start an activity in the Aura app or hope that the app actually picked up that you're doing an activity uh, when you're out running or whatever. This is a nice upgrade. It means you can use your Garmin or Sunto or Coros or whatever watch in conjunction with the Aura ring and then get all of your data from the Aura app. I thought that was kind of clever. Um, I haven't tested it out firsthand, but I will, uh, and I, I, I do applaud them for for adding this. Uh, another update to the Aura Ring is that they've added the ability to sense or uh, record your SpO2 or your blood oxygen saturation level. So this is the amount of oxygen in your bloodstream. The sensor was always on board the Ring, but the software wasn't ready yet, so they just had it never. In, it was never enabled. Now it's enabled. You can download, you can update the firmware through your app and immediately start collecting your SpO2 data. Uh, a lot of folks with, you know, sleep apnea or health conditions, they really pay attention to their SpO2, as well as people who are uh, acclimatizing to different altitude levels. So if you're coming from sea level, you're going to run a race in Colorado, um, knowing your SpO2 level can be pretty valuable. So Two updates from Aura, both pretty welcome. Glad to see they're working on it. Pretty cool. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. One more thing about Aura. It, it, I found this kind of fun. They actually sold their one millionth ring. I think it was last month. I can't, I'm actually surprised about that. They've got a million people out there wearing their ring. And these things are not cheap. They're, you know, 400 bucks for the ring itself. And then you're talking six bucks a month for the subscription if you don't if you decide to upgrade, that's a lot of money, man. I thought, I didn't think they were really taking off that much, but you know, apparently they are. So, uh, on the topic of wearables, we've also got some news from a company called circular. I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, but circular is kind of a competitor to, uh, aura. So there's, you know, aura is kind of the pioneer of, uh, what they're doing with the wearable, you know, ring with all the data and, you know, analysis and, and stuff. But this company called Circular kind of came out of left field and they're kind of doing the same thing. So Circular has created a ring 
that you wear, just like an Oura Ring. It looks very similar. It's got the similar sensors, similar app. Uh, and the experience looks very similar to Aura, but somehow they made it without infringing on their, you know, trademarks or copyright or whatever they they did. Um, it's pretty interesting. So the Circular actually reached out to me to see if I wanted to review their ring. They didn't actually offer to give me a free one, which I, I thought was interesting because typically what brands do. Uh, instead, they gave me a discount on one, which I was happy to take, but I do have one in the mail. The only downside to uh, Circular is that if you want one, they have a waiting list that is out to like November. <laughs> you know, it's almost into next year until you can actually get one. And it works in a very similar way to Aura where they send you a, uh, a sizing kit. You try on a bunch of plastic rings and then you pick your size and then you uh, order your, you know, the band that you want to actually wear. So I've got the sizing kit in the mail coming to me. The uh, person that reached out to me told me that I will, they'll prioritize the order. So I should get one quicker than them waiting until you know, November or December. So stay tuned to the YouTube channel. I fully intend to have like an in-depth review on the circular ring because I'm really interested to see how it compares to the Aura ring because they are direct competitors. So pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, and the big benefit to circular is that they're cheaper. The ring itself is cheaper. And I don't believe there's a monthly subscription. But again, it's still early days. I've only seen the website and the specs. Um, I don't have one yet. So stay tuned for the full video review that will be coming, I presume, in the next you know month, maybe three or four weeks from now. And that is really it, I think. Uh, that's the end of the news, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We just crossed over 35 minutes of recording. I try not to edit these things. It's all just shot in one fly, one... Wow, now, see, now I, now I messed up. All right. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you did, make sure to give me the old follow. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscribe button. Whatever you do on your podcast platform of choice. And if you are an Apple podcast listener or Spotify listener... I would really appreciate it if you left me a comment. Tell me what you like about the show. Those comments and thumbs ups and stars or whatever they do, uh, they all help support the podcast and the algorithm. And finally, one more quick shout out to the YouTube members and Patreon members for supporting the show. Check out the merch store. What else can I plug? Just go through the show notes. Enjoy those notes. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and stay tuned for another one coming next week. I'm going to try to get these back on a regular cadence. I know I was trying to do them at the end of the week every week and then that kind of went by the wayside. So this one's coming out midweek and it's actually today's Monday. It's coming out early in the week, but next week it'll get back more into a regular cadence once I'm back, once I'm back in the swing of things and stay tuned for a lot more stuff in the future on YouTube. I will see you. No, you won't see me. You'll hear me in the next one. All right, gang, I just mumbled a lot. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.